Just to let you know, I did see the body. It's floating down the river. We have breaking news on the show. <laughs> That's not true. He's lying. Oh my God, this is my first story and it didn't even air. <laughs> Parlors, always a party. Let's go, Polly. Pump it up the crowd. Pump it up. There's no Partners. crowd. There's How no we do crowd out there. There's always a crowd here. There's a, there is a crowd. Not here, but out there. Out there. Listen to us every week. We appreciate you, partiers, coming back every week. But this week, we got a special guest in the house. In studio, special guest. Let's bring him out. Let's waste no more time. We have news reporter Brendan. Straub, welcome to the show, my guy. I love it. The double Let's wave. Go. Let's get the guest on. I'm excited. He had the double wave he brought in. I'm excited. He's up, a new reporter. So we, the cameras are nothing new to you. Does that still affect your nerves or no? No. Well, I want you to be nervous. But Not what really. affects my nerves is this show sometimes. So I'm going to drink Guinness because you know what? I'm a Guinness guy. Like I said last week or two weeks ago, I'm a Guinness yeah. guy. Yeah, Guinness. I think, uh, well, we, you know, it's just part of the nature now. Oh, I just shot myself in the face. I got plenty of Guinness on the show. We can keep doing this week over week. Hopefully, you guys have checked out Guinness. We told you. It's a vibe. Let us know if you've been drinking it or not. Um, and, Brennan, we got some drinks for you, so you can be drinking as well. And it already, we talk about it, um, you know, if you are in a safe space right now and not on the road driving, crack a beer with us. Join us for a good time. Yeah, well, Brendan, he's a big fan of the show, and he, he, <laughs> he, you mentioned that you listen to us while you're driving, so you can't really crack a beer and join us with a beer while you're driving. No, I don't think that's a good to no, call that. my boss and tell him that I need to stop for an hour to, to, to listen to the podcast like, and then yeah, get going. party guys told me to pull over, be safe, obviously, and uh, that's what you had to do, so, right, so Brendan, you're drinking. We're excited to have you on Life's a Party, another in-studio guest, um, fan of the show, so we appreciate you for that. Very much so. Uh, Tell me about the interaction on with you and Paul and how this how this came about. How did we get you on that couch? Uh, <laughs> weird. So I don't know if people remember. Maybe I don't know a year, year and a half ago. Uh, there was a they gave a shout out to this anonymous uh, super fan. I guess as, I think as Paul coined it. Yep. Uh, and that was actually me. Uh, <laughs> I messaged Paul on Ellen on Instagram. Uh, and just said, hey, you guys are doing really good. I just listened to you guys like for six hours straight. That's six, impressive. Six to episodes. To blabber uh, for six I was hours. coming home from, uh, <laughs> I went to school uh, at Towson University in Maryland. Uh, and I was driving home from Maryland. I had my graduation two, almost, you know, a year and a half after I actually graduated. Uh, you know, COVID. I, yep. I was a COVID graduation as well. I feel that. So I was driving home and I, you know, I was like, everyone keeps talking about it. My friend's like, oh, it's cool. I've seen like promos. I'm like, I never really listened to it before. I was like, oh, I'll throw one on. You listen to one, one runs into two, into three. And by the time I knew it, I was home and I listened to like six in a row. <laughs> Got addicted to us, Paul. That's yeah, that's, I remember when he told us that, not gonna lie, I said, I wouldn't be able to listen to us for six hours. No. That's crazy to me, but we appreciate you. And I bet you hopefully there's more people like you out there. And we love all the partiers. Um, it's pretty cool. And now we got you on the show. Yeah. And you're a news reporter, which always fascinates me because I went to school um, for public relations. I minored in journalism. And I really don't think that news reporters actually get the credit that they deserve. So let's let's start from the beginning and your path into becoming a news reporter. And we'll get to what you're doing now, where you're at now. But what was that? What? Where did that itch come from? Were you? Uh, we went to the same high school, not Correct. the same grade. Correct. Um, but our school started a radio television class. Was that where you started to be like, you know what, this is something that I would like to do for the rest of my life? I think so. My parents always joked around and said I always was a camera kid growing up. I always nice. loved to be in front of the camera doing stuff. Um, and then in high school, uh, I started brought, uh, doing sports games uh, uh, with the TV production that we have at our school. Uh, and you call then any I my games? Uh no, oh, you're usually on the usually on the bench. But. Yeah, okay. That's not true. He's lying. What's amazing? That's the end of the show today, Brendan. Thank you for coming on. Uh, we appreciate. It. I was not on the bench. What's amazing is I was about to say the joke and he beat me to it. So that's great. Uh, we're not gonna have this double team again, all right? But go ahead. So, uh, I started taking TV and radio classes as well. I mean, I think. Most both of you can kind of say we were really privileged as high schoolers to have a TV station and a radio station in our high school. I mean, yeah, I think we took kids... it for granted. No, definitely. Um, but I think I got my feet wet there. I did the the morning news. You know, shout out those pizza dunkers. You know, Not lunch menu. News. Lunch I, never, menu. I never did the morning. You did the morning news, Paul. I did the morning news in middle school, and I try. I think I did the morning news once or twice in high school. 
I just wasn't in the class. Like I wasn't. I wanted to do it, but I was like, I did other things. I was a theater kid. Well, I sucked at reading, so I wasn't really confident going up the there. Teleprompter. Like, what's for lunch? And then they'll like hear me go and be like, what the fuck did Ryan said was for lunch? It's like, I wasn't the guy for that role. Like, no. that was not it for me. But yeah, so before, when I first started in high school, we had to go in before school and do it. So I would have to get to school yeah. 45 minutes early. Then we already were getting, I was getting there like 630 in the morning to do the news. That's why. I realized, so I had, I did theater <laughs> in the morning. My theater was like, what was it? it was like seven to seven forty five, and I think t- and then TV moved to doing it prior, so it was like they you guys got in at seven o'clock in the morning. Correct, and the use of there was yeah. like our skeleton crew. There only used to be like three or four of us when we first started really getting it off the ground, and then now they do it uh, in the middle of the day during access or whatever period they call it now. Uh, and so they have like 15, 20 kids in the class now. So I'm happy to see that it's Growing. getting more traction. Um, but I think from that shout out, uh, dude K, shout out. Um, Duke K. Duke K. <laughs> Ryan knows from baseball. Duke K. Duke K. Richard Drew loves K. Yeah, we talk about we we always behind the scenes talk about our uh, one of our high school teachers who was I think all of us I mean big reason actually why we found our producer we can give him a little shout out but literally how we found our producer Drew was through Mr K which was our high school teacher who did TV um, and I was like hey we need extra help for the show we're growing yeah. this is when we built this new set and Drew's been you know a great. Uh, person for us and he's been around since what this time last year like almost like august or september so it's a really cool uh thing and mr k's great have they asked you to come back because like you're one of the ones off the top of my head who has had good success in the news reporting world or the media world i mean they've had the advantage to come back and i did i actually went back uh it would have been april yeah because i I went to it's funny i was almost late to opening day because i was at sterling um for the phillies for the phillies uh, it was opening day for the Phillies and Mr. K brought me and I talked to their uh, advanced TV class for the whole block. So 80 minutes of trying to tell Damn. kids so, what so I did for a living. I always think about that. Like if someone were to ask me to be like a guest speaker, like, yeah, I've done like stand up and like coming up with material and stuff. But like 90, 80, 90 minutes of talking and like giving like motivational speech to kids. Like, I don't think I can do that. It's like I did six minutes of stand up. Uh, <laughs> well, 80 would be the, hard. I come on the podcast and I can talk and be That's funny true. here. But to get in front of a group where it's like, OK, I'm going to tell you guys how to succeed. Like, that's a difficult thing to do. And I, I give all props to people like you could do it. So what was that like? Uh, it was fun. I, I think it's hard to try to encapsulate two years of working in one job in a 45. He pretty much gave me like 45, 50 minutes and they asked questions and yeah. a lot of them didn't really have a lot of. So he kind of was asking me stuff. So I think the hardest part was trying to not go off on tangents or like give them crazy nonsense stories, to like sway them away from doing the job because it does have its days, but it truly is. It's it's a lot of fun. It, and I it's mean, all, yeah, it's a grind. It's not a glorious job. No. So at the same time, you want to be informative and give these kids motivation, but it's like, it's real shit. Like, it's not easy. Like, it's not easy at all. I mean, because just to kind of give you the gist, so my technical job title, I'm a multimedia journalist, um, MMJ for short. So MMJs are the new kind of model of journalist as they come out of college now. Pretty much if you can't be an MMJ, you pretty much aren't going to be able to find a job. Um, So what's that? Is that um, on air? So it's it's called One Man Band. So pretty much I, you know, I edit record do my interviews write edit and everything for air there's no other person doing any other section of my piece before it airs i have to do it all myself that's insane and like that just sounds stressful off the rip but then like the fact that like you're doing that every single day and you have like deadlines to meet and like shit goes wrong shit's the fan like how stressful is your day to day? Like, what, what, take us through your day to day. So, uh, I guess a normal reporting day. So, if I'm working a normal, uh, we call them day side shifts. So, I'm working a day side shift. Uh, we have morning meetings at 9:30. We all meet in the conference room, and then we kind of go through like pitch ideas, pitch ideas, or we kind of have like a list usually uh, of like things we're looking to do. Maybe things we've already set up. Uh, we have like our uh, assignment manager. She's in charge of finding stories or finding ideas, answering phone calls. She's really like the the brain of our operation. Like she's the one who finds the things that we do every day. Like local like calendars, like what's Correct. going, what's on, going on or somebody calls the station and be like, hey, we have this problem. We think it might be newsworthy. We might have to do some research and check it out. Call them back. Be like, hey, we'll set this up for 11 o'clock tomorrow. Can a reporter meet you at your house or whatever the story is? Mm-hmm. Um, so then pretty much from there, we do our meeting. Everyone kind of gets their stories for the day. Sometimes you might get, depending on the, the, I guess 
how big the story is, if it's going to be the lead story for the day or if it's going to be something bigger. A lot of times you'll just have that to do because they don't want you to have to have other things. But sometimes you might get a couple smaller things to do. Every day is different. I think that's probably my favorite part of the job is no two days are ever the same. Um, and so I could come in and think I'm doing one thing and I'm next day I'm driving an hour and 45 minutes to go do a story about you know a river down the road that maybe there's a bridge over a river that's collapsing like and the town carnival. needs maybe that a town needs help and they're not getting any help from the state so they want to use the news as an outlet to get that help so a lot of people will call, will call us with story ideas of things a lot of times in their community events and or maybe things that are happening that they feel maybe they're not getting enough attention or they just want to show the people across our area which is I, I, I live in upstate New York so Watertown New York is where I currently work uh, I live about 30, 30 minutes from the Canadian border all the way up in oh, New wow. York. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, well, we were going to talk about that. Like, I know, Ryan, I was looking into, like, doing, working for uh, professional sports teams when I got out of college, and it was kind of that atmosphere where it's so hard to find a job that you say you are, you know, looking for jobs that you have to be able to, you're, you have to be willing to move anywhere. It's a kind of just, like, take it as it is. Like, I had a friend right now who was looking to, um, she's trying to work in higher education. And I'm like, she just moved to Washington, D.C. And it was like, OK, because that's the only place she could find a job. So, like, how was your process of applying? I guess applying for the job, like and then I guess landing there. Yeah. So <laughs> it's kind of crazy how it happened. So, again, I'm a covid kid, as many of us are in the last couple of years. Um, so I never will get to say I could experience the last seven or eight weeks of my senior year. We all got sent home and never and never went back. From Towson, right? You graduated Towson, from Towson? Correct. Yep. Towson University. What did you study at Towson? Uh, I was technically a journalism and new media was my major. So but gotcha. they didn't really have a big broadcast program. It was more of a print program, but they have a they gave me a really good structure of to build off of um, so coming out of Towson. Yeah. So we got sent home for covid um and we all thought it was going to be a two-week break and we're going to go back to yeah, school we'll be back in two weeks <laughs> leave your laptops fun fact i packed only two weeks of clothes and i, I lived <laughs> oh, off of, i wow. lived off my house in laurel springs two weeks of clothes for like four months because my parents were god forbid they were scared like going you know they were always like crazy about yeah. going across the state lines i got stopped or whatever like they want to risk it so until i went down to my maryland apartment and moved out i lived on like two weeks of March, April clothes in the summertime. We'll buy some goddamn clothes, Brendan. <laughs> you don't well, have to just go with the two week set. Stores are closed, bro. Stores are closed. Amazon shut down. But I was at home time. and I didn't really, you know, I was applying everywhere. So school ended. The so semester ended. I did my last assignment. I submitted my own stuff. This is like mid May at this point, mid May 2020. And I just started applying everywhere. I was applying as far as California, Washington, Midwest, anywhere that was hiring an MMJ in a market size. So for those who don't know, a lot of the markets that we go by market size in our industry. So mar market I'm in right now is currently we're about 182, which is pretty high up. To, there's about 210 markets across the country that are rated based on viewership of household. So it's based on like how many people are watching the TV in that specific area. And that's okay. how they measure how well that area, I guess, is doing in terms of viewership. Um, and that's where a lot of the, you know, it comes from viewership. That's where we get our sponsors. That's where we get you know, traction is viewership. Yeah, like, nobody, the high, like New York, Boston, like they're the high media Correct. I mean, areas. you got like the cops, couple or New York City, LA, But Philly. out of college, you're new to this. You could say goodbye to those markets. <laughs> no, like, yeah, you got to go I, find like the Idaho, only way... like the, these lower end, because that's just the truth. You got to earn your way up. Yeah. So I, I started applying everywhere um, and I got a call from the news director in Watertown. So my station call letters are WWNY. Uh, so I got a call from my news director that actually is not my news director anymore. Um, but at the time he called me and said, you know, Hey, we're looking for an MMJ. Do you want to do a zoom interview? And I was like, okay, cool. So we did a zoom interview. Weirdest job, first job interview ever. What was weird about it? I think because it's my first real job interview and I'm doing it in my room with a shirt and tie. No and pants. And I'm wearing like, I think I was wearing, I'm pretty sure I was wearing like sweatpants. Yeah. Cause I was the only thing I had to like, no, I didn't have pants on. We you guys have like lights pants. in here. Like I have, I had to set up lights in my room to make it look nice. Like yeah. I wanted to give a first and good first impression. Um, and like w at the time I wasn't like that well known or how to use zoom. So like I had all of their boxes, like, and there was like four or five people in the interview. So like, I didn't really know who to look at. Yeah, because there's like four or five people staring at you. They're all saying their names and what they do. Yeah. And you're trying to retain this all as you're trying to not botch your answers. And That's even more nerve wracking because what you're interviewing for is like on camera field reports. Like I got to come <laughs> off as like good at this shit. 
I think it's crazy because I also was looking at interviews at the same time. Like I was, I did my first interview. I did them online. It was just a different, like I always try to put myself back in that space of COVID and I really don't believe it ever happened. Like, it's like, I don't remember, like it, it was kind of like a blackout. No, it really was. Cause I, I go back and think about it and it's, I mean, it's been over two years now since we were all stuck at home yeah. and it doesn't feel like two years ago. Some of it feels like yesterday. Some of it feels like it was a whole 10 years ago, but props to you. Cause Unlike myself, uh, you got a job during COVID. So I give you props. So the, inter- the interview happens. Yeah, so the interview happens. Literally less than 24 hours later, he calls me back again. Nice. He starts giving me like this like weird spiel. It's like the first thing that's like weird with him. So he calls me and he's like, he's like, do you have a criminal record? And I'm like, I'm well, like, we gotta uh, check that first stuff. things yeah. first. I'm Are like, you a convict? no. And he goes, he goes, he goes, how's your driving record? Do you have any? So I'm like, well, that's a big thing because like you have to drive everywhere. Yeah, and, and, and he started reliable. asking me like, but there was like other questions that were weird. And then he gets to the enemy and goes, "Do you want a job in Watertown, New York?" And I was like, at first, I it was my first offer and my first interview, and so like my whole idea was like I didn't want to like just say yes, but I did. I said yes on the spot because I really didn't know who else would come calling. I mean, I pl- I probably applied if I go, I had like a spreadsheet. I kept a spreadsheet of every single station that I applied. So I didn't apply twice because I didn't want to look like an idiot flying to the same station <laughs> <Yeah>. twice because <laughs> I was just applying everywhere. So I probably applied to solid 50 to 60 stations across the country in about a two week span. That's crazy. That's some shit I would do. Like, oh, you're hired. And then like, they later get an email. <laughs> yeah. I would like to have a job here and I'm going to apply. So yeah. So, and then all that happened. So that was probably about mid, uh, right around my birthday, right around mid, mid June, 2020. Uh, he gave me, they gave me about two and a half weeks to, to move up there. Um, so I had to pretty much go from sitting in my basement on zoom, drinking with my friends to finding an apartment and, uh, all that stuff. So I drove up there once I found an apartment. I do, met, they, do they have a team that like help, help you find an apartment? I like, mean, they, they kind of, when they sent out the first email that had just like my normal email on they were like, Hey, this is our new reporter. He's going to come in a couple weeks. Like, you know, say hi, or like, you know, he's looking for someone. And they did mention like, Hey, he's looking for somewhere to live. Like yeah. if you know, place in the area that at least that's nice. Yeah. Cause I've heard they don't like different stations will do that. Yeah, there they, are it's, some, it's, it's such a quick turnover. Like once cause they're looking for people all the time. So it's like, oh, maybe yeah, so it's somebody. a really quick turnaround. So a lot of times, like they will help you find somewhere to live. They'll give you options or like they'll 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 put you in touch with a realtor usually and say, like, hey, go ask them what's available. They'll show you what the good places are to live and stuff. That's not I don't feel like a lot of jobs do that. My job no. didn't. I mean, I, I had to move on a dime as well, um, but I was fortunate enough. I had a great girlfriend who figured everything out. Um, but so you're so what? Just about two years now. You've been kind of two years. Yep. So have you had any big like oh shit moments big like oh. mistakes that you think oh i could have did that a lot better or things that just went like catastrophically wrong but you pulled yourself out you of it you definitely missed a deadline yes definitely died my first ever deadline i missed really <laughs> that's good that's a good start how'd yeah. that happen uh so it's my first story uh so where i live uh, up in new york it's a very big touristy area in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Um, people, a lot of people wouldn't expect that, but we have Lake Ontario and the St. Lawrence river. They're both big fishing hubs. It's big boat. Pretty much. I joke with people. If you don't have a boat or a snowmobile, then you're kind of out of luck for fun where I live. <laughs> Cause it's gets to freezing in the, in the winter and you can pretty much go boating in 75 degrees and sunny with no humidity in the yeah. summer. So that's nice. Um, so pretty much when I was looking and doing all this stuff, I was trying to, I was doing a story. I think it was about like a boat company. This is during COVID. Um, and they were doing something about like, there was a Gananoque, which is in Ontario, Canada. Uh, again, we're so close. A lot of like times they have like boat cruises. You can go and like see all the islands. So I live in the thousand islands is what it's called. There's, I think I believe over 1800 islands across the entire thing. Um, it's called the thousand islands region. That's where like thousand islands dressing comes from. Fun fact. Oh, um, nice. I was thinking the salad dressing. <laughs> there's like mitts it does whatever who knows so we i do the story i think the one boat company was upset because you weren't allowed to cross because of the border rules you weren't allowed to cross water so like there's technically like an imaginary line that border patrol will look at but technically you're in canadian waters or american waters and the story was it's like hey you know this boat company in the u.s was upset that the other boat tour was coming into our waters, not getting in trouble for it yet. We're told we can't go over there. So I interviewed the the guy who owns the company and like some of the passengers about, you know, the experience, whatever. So I get back and I just like 
once you first start, you I call it reporter clock, and that's kind of what I call it. So I had no reporter clock in the beginning when I first started my job. You need to be back at the station at a certain time of day, or you're never going to get done what you do that day. You have to have reporter clock, or you're never going to get done. So I had no reporter clock. I think I got back at like 3.30. I had a small story for we do a 5 o'clock show and a 6 o'clock show for our main flagship shows in the nighttime. And then we do night, uh, night side shows as well. So five and six, usually if you work a day side shift, you have stuff that you have to turn for five o'clock and six o'clock. Usually five o'clock is like a preview and six o'clock is your big story. And I'm pretty sure my six o'clock story, I sent it out, I think at like 6.02 when the show was already on air and they just floated my story and never aired that day (laughs) on my first day. And that was pretty deflating to, I mean, to... You do all that work do and all that work and like, then you nah. just don't make deadline and then you're it it's it was gonna it did air later at night. Um, but that whole feeling of like going home and like watching, like, oh my god, this is my first story and it didn't even air. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Like I know it's like such like I don't I never worked in media, but like I've taken classes and I learned about it. Like it's such a stressful job. It has to be. And like you're having to deal with deadlines, it's like what have you learned? Because you're going on what year two? I know you just I'm, re-upped I'm, I'm, your contract. I'm coming into year three now. So, what are like some of the things you like personally have learned? Where it's like, okay, I have to make sure like this, this, and that. Like, how do you m- mentally get past that? Because I'm sure there's some days where it's like, excuse my language, but it's like, fuck this. So it's like, how do you like keep your mental state there? Like, what? How do you like maintain your schedule and shit like that? I think for me, like I said, reporter clock was the biggest one. I think once I kind of got that structure of the day down it becomes easier every day. So yeah. once you do it enough and I also too, like, you know, these are my first time using these bigger, more high tech cameras that I wasn't ever used to using. That's true, yeah. So you're kind of also learning how to do a job and you're also trying to le- learn how to use all the equipment at the same time. So now that I have a grasp of the equipment and everything together as one whole unit, as we call MMJs is what we do every day. Um, I think I've learned, like I said, being quick, like, my interview questions are a lot more to the point now. Like I don't beat around the bush or try to get them to say something with a different question. Like I just ask them straight up, like, tell me what you want to know. Tell me what you want to want me to know. Or I think you have to like understand with this job that you're telling a story and you're not trying to bore the audience. I usually get only about a minute and a half every night to tell a story. Um, And that could include five people. It could include one person. It could include a bunch of pictures and audio and video. And like every night's different. So but you only really have you, you always talk about attention spans, people with their phone screen time. Like if you don't get, bring them in within the first 10 seconds of your news story, they're going to probably flip the channel. So the whole point is you're trying to keep them entertained for an entire block of news, which is very hard to do these days because nobody has an attention for the news anymore. Yeah, um, we so, we so, it's so funny about it is it's cool to see that that mentality is literally everywhere in the media, whether it's traditional or like more modern media, like what we currently do with Instagram and TikTok and even YouTube. Right. Like no matter what, because we talk about our show that we're trying to make our intros a little bit better and like how do we make that intro intro better, because that's really important because that's got to bring the person in or like for our TikToks, the TikTok is only like 60 seconds long. But that first two to three seconds, because even the, the content's so short, has to be like engaging, right? And, and we you can put, take it back to Vine. Yeah, like we <laughs> sick was that six seconds? It's just the the landscape is changing so much. And even news where you can think like most people don't even want to pay attention because they feel as though it's gonna be a downer or depressing or it's like yep. just boring. They're like, I'd rather I'd rather have fun. <laughs> well, that's why I don't watch the news. I right? say it all the time. No offense, but it's like everything <laughs> like I get where you have to have the negative like headline to like get people to watch. Like, I'm not talking about your news directly, but it's like I get it, but general, that's, like, that's yeah. why I don't watch the news. You gotta be captivating and it's it's hard, man. It's not an easy thing to do. No, yeah, it is hard. I also don't think a lot of people really appreciate like the shit that goes on behind the scenes for what you do in creating a story. Like you're not just getting in front of the camera saying the story. And then here's like, Oh, footage that someone else adds. Like, can you talk about like the writing aspect of you? Like constructing a story, like you're writing that out before you get on camera. And at the same time with writing it, you're also going out and shooting B roll. And like, you're shooting like hours of B roll. And then you're rummaging through that to find the right B roll to use. So can you just talk about the other back, round um things that also go into a news story yeah i think a lot of people there's misconceptions of when they see if we talk about i guess you know a philadelphia station they have photogs so a photographer is just somebody who's on the camera and the reporter a lot of times they're union so they don't get to touch the camera so reporters are just doing their job for me i have to do pretty much four people's job and that when one day all for one air and i get an, a minute and a half to tell the story so 
you you once you do it enough i I think you pick up on the shots as we call we call them shots so the video (laughs) shots you pick up on the shots not alcohol shots but video shots i pick up those shots yeah that's the shots we pick up so (laughs) not a lot the video shots you've really learned how once you know how to use your camera you can do so much and tell a story with maybe something that might not be as entertaining for somebody at home uh and i think it's a lot of like i said time management like i'll keep going back to report clock time management it's the biggest thing because if you don't go to wherever you're going for your story. Cause like a lot, there's sometimes our area is very big. So we we're a three County region. We're called, it's called the North country. Um, technically our thing is like the North country's number one news station. Um, and it's different for us because most areas have multiple stations within that region. So you have an SCBS, Fox, ABC, NBC. Yeah. We are the only functioning news station in our region. So we are a CBS and Fox affiliates. We have both affiliates. That's big time. NBC doesn't really do news. They just do like commercials and promos and stuff. ABC is trying to get off the ground more a little bit with more news. They used to do news and they stopped. Now they're trying to kind of revamp again. Um, But like in terms of like a lot of times you're competing for stories and you're trying to be the first to tell it because you want to be that first in the market. Tell it. We don't really have that competition. Our big competition is the newspaper. So we're competing against a newspaper for stories. At least that's beneficial. That's like a good thing because we even even with us like that's where the attention goes to right so if you're trying to pick up oh it's important to be the first 10 seconds like you got to pick attention but if you have no one other no other people competing for the same story like that's got to leave alleviate at least a little bit of stress i was thinking about that i'm seeing anchorman when i gotta go try and get that uh (laughs) at the end and they're all fighting for their perfect shot at least you don't have to go through that yeah it's it's like a plus and a minus so i think the plus is that like i said like you guys said it's it's not as stressful finding the stories because a lot of times people do come to us because we are the only really news station. But then it's different because I think when I go to my next market, which will be sometime when I decide to move forward in my career, I'm going to have to get used to that competing with the same station, different stations for the same story yeah. and trying to tell it differently. And that's something I'll have to learn. But I think for right now, in the beginning of my career, it's really been a blessing. Is there competition within the newsroom? And like when you guys are at the pitch table, is there like a hierarchy on who gets what story? Like it's almost like a pitching rotation. Is there a one, two guy where it's like, okay, we're sending our two best guys out here to cover this. Like, yeah, is so that it, it depends every day. I mean, they try to, they do their best to filter it around. Um, I think everyone kind of gets a taste of doing different types of stories. So like, I'm not doing like, if there's the big thing, like maybe there was a bad fire and we're doing a fire follow the next day. Maybe I'll get the fire follow. Cause I've been there a little bit longer and I know what to shoot, but that's not going to be me every time they try their best to, give everyone a chance to do their stories. Yes. They're not going to give someone who's only maybe three or four months on the job. a really great. We need the story to be done a certain way. It needs to get done. It's going to take a lot. We're going to throw someone like me who's been there for two years or somebody. We have another girl. Uh, her name is Lexi. Shout out Lexi. Shout um, out Lexi. <laughs> That's uh, good. Lexi and me both kind of started around the same time and we're both kind of, we're, we're she's very talented too. Um, and we both kind of go back and forth sometimes with these bigger stories, but everyone kind of gets their, their feet wet in the in the bigger story sometimes. So what I'm getting from that is it's you versus Lexi. Oh, no, who's the best? <laughs> no, I mean we we joke around a lot. I mean there is friendly competition. Like yeah. you know you might watch my story and text them like, oh that was a really great shot tonight, or I really liked. So we call them stand up. So you ever watch a lot of times. When you watch the news now, you'll see a reporter. It'll be, you know, Jim Gardner. He's not, he's kind of slowing his rollout on ABC, but yeah. Jim Gardner is, he's actually one of my people I, I watch a lot because he's just a pro's pro. Shout out Jim Gardner. He's a fan of show. <laughs> he's a pro's <laughs> pro. So Jim Gardner is huge and I've watched him for a long time and I get a lot of inspiration for things with anchoring um, that now that I do with him. But if you he'll throw it to a reporter, a lot of times it'll be them. They'll do an intro. The story will run. They'll do an outro, intro, outro. Um, for us a lot sometimes if you're not live they'll ask you to do a stand-up in the middle so you might throw a line a lot of times with stand-ups it's like my one time that i can be on camera for my piece usually it's other interviews or b-roll or me just voicing kind of doing voiceovers stand that's your time to shine that's my one time so you try to get creative like a couple weeks ago there <laughs> that's when you wear your best suit and tie baby <laughs> yeah good. so up by me the, you know the county fairs are, are a big deal because we're a big agri- <laughs> county fairs <laughs> let's go so yeah th- no seriously it's a big deal like we're at the county fair every oh, day i know i go get some fucking funnel cake every time i see a fair anywhere so they're a big deal and actually i did a live shot uh just a kind of we call them situationers where you kind of there's no script you kind of just talk for a minute so 
I did a situation or where I had to. I think I posted on a few, so I posted on Facebook. I did the dunk tank. So yeah, I saw that. Yes. You, did, you didn't. You missed it. No, you I missed. Gotta, I missed you gotta, all you three. Needs that yeah. throw. Yeah, I, I did I, see I, that. I posted it and I was like, I don't know if I, I. People know I played baseball my whole life. Maybe I should not post this on Facebook. <laughs> but um, he had to run up and hit it with his hand. I was like, what yeah, is and this? I was like, yeah. So like, those are the fun stuff I get to do. Of course. Um, but it's always you know that's my one time when there's no script that i can just like have fun and do it and that's like a big pusher as to why i love the job i do and why it's such a great profession to get into because it gives you that feeling where it's like a performance yeah and like i want to ask you like when did you start to realize that you can like master the live shot because when i did it in class i was horrible at it they're like okay here's a story ryan come up with 30 seconds with your notepad and you gotta stand there and tell the story but you like it's hard like, you can't look at your notes it's, it, are you good at memorization or like how do you find out where it was the moment where it's like okay like i can do this i'm meant to do this. i mean i'm still learning trust me there are some live shots where i still you know i get off air and i'm just like wow that was really bad yeah but it's that's like a learning thing it's right? a learning curve and i think for me i focus too much on like so usually again these are all things that we write before we even leave the station if i'm like out maybe at a somewhere or whatever and i'm doing live shots carnival carnival <laughs> Well, someone like a carnival, I'm going to probably just talk about whatever. A lot of other times, like it's very specific details we need to tell people at home. So like a robbery. Yeah, a robbery or f- thing. I, di- now, I didn't do the story, but I literally saw a dead body going down a river the other day. Well, that's not um, So, yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's certain there's like details of that you obviously have to hit. So you would probably know prior. Right. Yeah. So I write the script and I think for me, I get too stuck on like memorizing my lines. It's almost like a performance. So I'm the same way. I got no word I sit for there word. and I'll stand in front of the camera. We're 10 minutes out from show and I'm like sitting there reading them over and over and over again. And then I get and actually like, you know, you throw it live and you just have to do it. And half the time, I, I mean, I don't botch it, but I sometimes will say differently. And then I you know, we go into my story. And I'm like, wow, I didn't like I literally sat here for 10 minutes and memorized the lines and I didn't even say it the way I did. Because for me, I do better when I don't think about it and I just do it. Sometimes I like overread my script sometimes. But the live presence of trust me in the beginning, I, I didn't really have a good one. I was very I talked very fast. It's funny. People in the thing called my Jersey accent came he out. He yells at me all the time for talking fast. So you got to slow the fuck down. Ryan. Our show is fast, <laughs> right? And that's and that's what it is. And it's all a learning thing. And, you know, we've we've gotten better at being a little bit more organic about like we're showmen too. And that's, that's what's fun about it. Right. And you get to be creative. And I think even if I had that 30 seconds, it's like, that's what makes you shine. And, uh, and that's what differentiates you from other people and allows you to like grow further. I think that's like your time in this, in the sun, you know? And plus like you're in a place where it's like, Oh, it's not the great situation. I mean, I'm just like hypothetically speaking and it's like, Oh, I'm not getting paid like a bag, but it's like people search for that feeling where it's like, you get nervous. Like people search to be nervous. That's like, Part of the reason why I did stand up was like I missed like, oh I gotta play this game I'm nervous like I was missing that feeling for years and I was like if I go do stand up it's like you live for that feeling and every time you're on camera you're getting that feeling. I know I think for me when we talk about the performance aspect I think the biggest thing for me was like going to a small market and not really knowing anything moving up there on a whim you don't really know what to expect yeah. I didn't really have any expectations and I think just in terms of where I live and the people that I've met through work and through social life and the place has exceeded my expectations. And I mean, I mean, a lot of people usually the way that our industry works is you work for two years at a station and you jump ship and you go to your next market. And I, I mean, I stayed for a third year because I just didn't feel like I was ready yet. And yeah, I, I was going to ask you like, why, why did you choose to re up your contract? Like, especially cause I know you're such like a big sports guy. And like, you're not doing sports right now. That's got to be eating you alive. So is it more so just building up like your resume, building up your reel so that potentially down the line, you know what, you could do sports every day. I go back and forth. I think when I first started looking at jobs, I felt that it was hard. It's harder to get into sports because there are so many people that want to do it. And the amount of jobs are just very it's the job pool is a lot smaller than news. Yeah. Paul can and speak on that. Personally. I, yeah, I work for two. Well, I, now I don't worry. I stopped one, but I worked, I work currently work for the New Jersey devils. I do part-time work for them during the season. Um, I actually do my fourth. I'm going on my fourth year with them, which is, and I love it there. Like, it's awesome. And then I worked uh, last year with the jets and like, it just wasn't the vibe. It just wasn't the vibe for me. And I realized like how difficult it is working in the world of sports. And even like somebody, I was doing internships with the Jets. I had a friend of mine who got offered a full-time job with them and how poor the job was. I was like, you're the New York Jets. Like, I just don't understand how you could pay someone so little or like the work environment. I was like, you're still a professional sports team, especially in the New York market. Yeah. So to see that, 
put a lot of perspective into my mind. And even with the Devils, like, I love them. I love the organization. But just trying to work up the ladder is extremely, like, impossible. And It's um, like who you know. But I've also seen yeah. people who were, like, big NFL sports fans. And then they go into the sports world and work in the sports world. And then they go on to say, like, oh, it's, like, almost ruined football for them. And just being involved in sports, it's like... Why do you want to take away that love that you have watching the Phillies and then you're there every day? And it's like, oh, I don't want to be here doing this work all the time. I'm not saying that's the case, but it's like sometimes it ruins it if you become working in that industry instead of taking away and being a fan. Dude, that was me with movies when I was in film school. I couldn't go to the movies like yeah. and think normally watching a film because I was analyzing the hell out of it. So it and ruined the movie. For right. It, it, like every time I went to the movie, I'm like, OK, cool. I was thinking about a million things. And then even when we were covering movies on the show a little bit. I would have to think about, you know, we did like movie reviews. So then I'm watching the movie differently. So I think, you know, like that kind of aspect. And that's why a lot of people are like, you know, do something you love, but sometimes it can go a little far and then ruin that passion for you. But if you find a job that you do that and it doesn't ruin the passion for you, it just like pushes enhances it. it. It enhances it. And I was talking to someone a little older and she was talking about how like our generation, the jobs that we're doing, we're really passion um like driven right like we want to go for our passions and we want to be fulfilled at work we're like older generations were just money and that's the difference between us and it like seems like what he's doing what i'm trying to do and you know what you're doing is so cool because it's no matter what the pay is like you know there's an end goal for you and you could see you can be working your way up i think so and i think a lot of people now especially kids in college when you go back and talk to them or you bring in guest speakers People, I mean, I had guest speakers, you know, reporters who are now three, four, for now five, six years into their career, and they'll tell you straight up, like, look, you're not going to make a lot of money doing this job. Like, if you're coming into it thinking you're going to, like Ryan said, make a bag, it's not. <laughs> That's why I did not pursue it. <laughs> like, you're not going to make shit. I'm out. Take a drop in this class. <laughs> but at the end of the day, for me, I, I feel like there's always time in life to make money. And yeah. And for me, the happiness is of me doing something that I love doing is more at a high pulse for me for then having, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars in my bank account. And it's only going to help you. Like what you're experiencing now, the one man band going out, shooting it. Yeah. And the covering all the main events that are happening. Like you're in charge of that. It's only going to help you down the road. So it's just like what Paul said. I, I, I agree with them and where our generation really trusts the process. We're like maybe older generations more so like, hard labored work how do i provide food and go be depressed <laughs> and just like and then when you come home you can be happy and we're like no we want to be happy all the time yeah right so so what is your end goal do you have one like what's the your Phillies. dream job Phillies. play by so play it's funny i've gone back and forth and i honestly think i'm gonna stick with news um i've grown to i always maybe felt like okay kind of like ryan said maybe i could use this build the structure of becoming a journalist and then use that to get a sports job. Yeah. But I think I really have grown to like news more than I think I, I think I was going to. And I think now, I mean, it's kind of a, it's thing now I haven't like posted it publicly yet, but I'm taking on a new job when I go back uh, next week, I'm, I'm going to be the weekend anchor now. Oh yeah. So put it on the ticker weekend anchor. Brendan Stripes on the ticker. Flashing so, red lights. So we have breaking news on the show. Breaking That's news. pretty fire. So we have yeah, so news I'm gonna be news anchor. So, <laughs> weekend news anchor. So I'm gonna be uh anchoring my own shows. I get to produce my own Let's shows. Let's go. That's so awesome. uh I have to work Saturdays and Sundays, which is it's gonna be a transition at first. I work mid noon to midnight, Saturday and Sunday. Um, so it's going to be a little bit, a bit of a transition. Can you talk about that? Like you're going to be producing your own shows. What is that? Cause so, I know, I know you recently sat, I don't know if it was recently cause I was stalking way down your Facebook timeline. Uh, but you sat in on an anchor desk. Correct. How did that go? Where it was like, Oh, I need to do this. And then talk about how you got your own show. Yeah. So I've been filling in on the anchor desk here and there, you know, especially in the summertime, people take vacation time. Um, and so once you kind of get there for a while and then they have trust in you, they'll train you on how to be a producer, how to be an anchor, um, and then you kind of, once your time comes up, they're like, Hey, you know, this person's taking some time off. We need you to fill in some shows. So most of the shows I fill in on are the 10 and 11 o'clock at night shows. So my shift would end up being 4 PM to midnight. Um, you go in at four and a lot of times you're doing minimal stuff. And once the six o'clock ends and you're kind of doing things, then, you know, you're, you're producing your own show. So what you see, like you usually see, we call them subject bars. You see on the bottom, it tells you what story I have to produce all of those. The stuff on the side of the screen, all the video, make sure it all works. That's me behind the scenes before my show even starts. Before I even have to perform the show, 
and actually like do well for 35 minutes. So it's just like testing everything, making sure everything works. So I it's like to... testing the show, like uh, like a walkthrough before you get on. Yeah. So like it, this is the rundown of the show. We I have to build the show from scratch. And that's I'm, dope, though. So it, I get the creativity in these smaller markets. When you get to bigger markets, you have your own producer. A lot of the anchors aren't writing. They might tweak based on how they talk. Words are different. But your producer is pretty much doing all that for you. So I'm getting, again, I'm learning how to do all of these jobs. It's yeah. only going to help me in the future. And so now um, it's kind of just the way of the business. Um, our current weekend anchor is leaving um, to go to a new job in Knoxville, Tennessee, um, which is a huge market jump for him. I'm super happy yeah, for him. Dope. Um, so shout out that guy. <laughs> shout out his name is John. No shout, shout out John Pierce. Shout out John Pierce. Um, no free. So shout. John is leaving to go to Knoxville. So the position Johnny opened Knoxville? up. For God's it's funny. Sake. We've made it's funny because we have made that joke a million times since he, since he said he was leaving for Knoxville. Um, so we talk about it, and you know, I talk back and forth. And at first, I was skeptical because I I work Monday through Friday currently, so I was kind of like going back and forth. Like I I have a nice social life right now, and like I get to enjoy my weekends. I work Monday nights, so I kind of get a long weekend every weekend too. So I went back and forth, and at first, I was like, no, I don't want to do it that's not me like i don't want to be sitting in the station 24 hours on a weekend yeah but then i thought about it and i was thinking more of social life before career and i kind of had my priorities in different places so i realized that i need to really sit down and focus on my career and see because ultimately i think down the road i want to be a full-time anchor i think that's that's my calling i've wanted to be an anchor since i was doing the news in high school um so reporting was always kind of like a stepping stone but i've i also realized i like reporting a lot more than i thought i would so it's you kind of pick up on these things when you're doing this job because every day is different and you're picking up all new things i mean i'm learning new stuff every day but you can't, you can't pass that opportunity no off. i feel it's so rare i feel like i i've talked to a lot of people where like they're stuck in the reporting gig it's like oh i've always wanted to be an anchor and then you're stuck in the reporting and it's just never available so for you i feel still at such a young age if you get the least shot to be able to feel what it's like to be in that spot and at least learn it and get a vibe for it. And then you can make a decision later down the line. Like that's so valuable. Yeah. That's Cause I was about to say though. that. Cause I was like, he should do like some like entrepreneur shit. And cause like, are there news? Like I know there's gossip, like TikTok feed, Instagram reels. Ones, yeah. I was like, maybe just like on the side, but now he's got his own fucking show on cable he's got, TV. He's got TV. So, I mean, he's on so yeah, yeah, so I'll be doing four shows a weekend. So we do we only we don't do any morning shows. Again, we're a small smaller crew. Again, when you go to these smaller markets, the crews are smaller than what you'll see in like a Philly or a New York City. So I am I produce in my own show. We do a six o'clock show and an eleven o'clock show, and I'll do that Saturday and Sunday, and then I'll do reporting on Monday and Tuesday. So I'm I got only it. I only work for four days a week now because it's two, two 12 hours and two eight hours. So that's forty hours. Um, and then I'm off Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, but working holidays. How's that been tough? It's funny. Cause at first it was tough. Cause I'm also really far from home. I live, you know, it's a six hour drive home, so I don't get to get home. I mean, I'm home now as you know, I grew up, you know, around these guys, yeah. and we all grew into the same schools. So I don't get to come back home as much as I, w I, I wish I would. Uh, I only get to probably come home four or five times a year if I'm lucky, um, for usually three or four days at a time. Yeah. So these longer breaks I'm taking, I'm, I've been home for almost, you know, five. Now I have another, five, I go back next Monday. So this is like my, I usually take one big vacation every summer um, where I come home and I see all my family and stuff. And it's like the one time I get to like enjoy myself, but holidays, you kind of realize that it, it really is just a day. It's a lot of other people work on holidays and there's NBA games, there's NFL games. And then you think of all the other people that go involved with those games, like camera guys, there's a lot anchors. of people. Yeah work in the stadiums or concessions there's like i realize a lot of i work on holidays like i'll i'll designate a couple hours to work so yeah you're, i feel you and I, like for example like they feed us on thanksgiving they get we get thanksgiving food catered to us at work so they look out for you they know that you, we don't they know we don't want to be there but yet we have a job <laughs> to do and it's the job that we chose to do so at the end of the day that's what we have to do so again like i said our station is open 364 days a year um the only day we do not do any news is christmas christmas is the only day a year that we're closed so i've worked you know last three years i've worked i've worked thanksgivings i've worked christmas eves i've worked new year's day new year's eve you've pretty much named it holiday i've i work it i mean we Las also I mean, that's a, that's a place. <laughs> that's a place. That's, <laughs> that's a place. <laughs> what the hell? Cinco de Mayo. That's where I go, that's where I go for Cinco de Mayo. Yes, that's why yeah. I said it. Um, the Guinness has been getting to you. We yeah, finally dude, I'm, finished. I'm pretty smacked up. I'm not going to lie. Uh, so I was going to wonder, like, was there any, like, eye-opening story or something you saw? I mean, you see, you lightly went across that you saw a dead body flowing down the river. 
I mean, I feel like I need to know a little bit more about what was going so, on there. So I guess like long story short, there was a guy who was missing. He was an older guy. Um, they were looking for him. Please send out something. So we put it on our airwaves. I think he was an older guy. Maybe he had some pro- mental problems. Uh, he didn't really have his medicine for a few days. So they actually like saw him in buff. Like his plates were, uh, I guess, images with, you know, what they can do with technology these days was in Buffalo. That's like two hours from us. So like all over like our area, we're trying to find this guy, help it to find him. And then... It ends up being him and I weird story. So I'm not even working at the time. Uh, we have a group chat with some guys that I've met. Uh, we play basketball at the one park by our house. So I was waiting for them to come by. And all of a sudden, like I look over and there's this like random girl, like hopping the fence, like towards the river. I'm like, what is she like doing? Like, like what is going on? So like, you know, news reporter curious. I, yeah. I'm like, Oh, what's going on over there? So I walk over and I'm like, Hey, what are you doing? And she's like, Oh, there's like, and I look down, and there's like a bridge right there. It's called the Vanduzzi Street Bridge. And there's a bridge and there's a bunch of firefighters and like lights and stuff. And I'm like, when I see all this. And then I look down and there's the guy. Unfortunately. So, so like you do call your news station. So, it's like, hey, we have a story yeah, out here. So, so we we are already on it. Our nightside reporter was already on it. And I so I called the station. I said, hey, just to let you know, I did see the body. It's floating down the river towards this point. I did hear like from because it's funny. I have such like scan. So I call it scanner ear. Yeah. So the police scanners, we have a police scanner running on our station 24-7, no matter what time of day. Well, you're like a detective almost. So, yeah, so if something happens on the scanner, you hear accident on the road or possible, you know, you hear keywords, entrapment. That means someone will be entrapped in their car. That's injuries. That's airbag deployment, um, you know, MVA, motor vehicle accident. Things you pick up on the scanner when your scanner ear, they're like, oh, so they were already on it. And, like, there was a reporter, but I called the station and be like, hey, I, I, I honestly forgot who was working that night. I was like, hey, I don't know who's working, but I just saw the body. I'm pretty sure they're going to put boats down, like, at this point, down by the docks to, like, wait for the current to slow down. Because the river's pretty – it's called yeah. the Black River. It's pretty fast. And so they were trying to figure out a way to get the body out of the water, but they just couldn't. It was the river was too fast. They didn't want right. to put somebody else in there and God forbid, you know, more harm. So they waited, they put some boats down, they got the body and brought it out. But Damn. I mean, that was just one crazy. I think the, the craziest experience I had on the road was I did a story um, or at least I tried to until sh- sorry shit went crazy yeah. no cursing on this shit hit the podcast. fan sorry dad <laughs> yeah what the fuck um, <laughs> okay, i tried to, i told myself i wasn't gonna try and curse but sorry dad that's um, life you could blame it on me but <laughs> i i went to this house um these family this kid their like son was in like a weird situation he's kind of like homeless kind of on drugs been in and out of jail um and he like burnt down their garage and like it was like torch like their car was gone and like all this stuff so he's like okay like we need you to go to the house go get pictures of the shed and the garage, like take pictures of it and then knock on the door and see if the family has anything to say about what happened. So I'm like, okay. And, th- and I think that's the craziest Jesus. part. People don't realize that when you watch TV, you see these shootings and stuff. We're talking to people within minutes or days of a loved one passing yeah, or it's tough. Dude. I mean, we, we, yeah. I've done, I mean, stories, I mean, you see them, people literally get burned alive and you have like memorials and you're trying to talk to these people. And you sometimes feel like you're like intruding on their personal time. But at the end of the day, I have a job to do and that's yeah. what I'm being sent there to do. So I knock on the door and the lady's like, Hey, I was like, Hey, I'm like, I'm Brendan Straub from channel seven. Uh, you know, I, I understand what happened here. Uh, you know, would you want to, you know, tell your piece of what happened? And she's like, no, uh, I don't really want to say anything. I'm like, okay, whatever happens sometimes. So then I go back outside and I'm waiting for the police to call me back so I can get the police report and like figure out what to do with the rest of the story. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like she comes outside and she starts screaming at me, cursing me out, you know, get off my property. Uh, first of all, I wasn't on her property. So <laughs> there was, there's rules in journalism. There. If you're on the sidewalk or in the street, that is public property. I can shoot anything from the sidewalk. <laughs> anywhere public property man <laughs> no seriously and i was trying yeah. to justify that she's probably about maybe 30 40 yards away in the front of her house and so i'm just getting shots of the, i mean i'm doing my job I'm like i'm not gonna let things so then she goes back inside five minutes later this other guy comes out and he goes towards the car he's walking towards his car and he says and i will never forget it probably be like a career thing i always say if you and your camera in that effing street when i go there i'm running you over <laughs> so he gets in his car comes around the corner and i'm like okay i I don't have the time or the energy yeah. to be dealing with this. So I get into my news. We have like news vehicles or like, you know, I have all our station letters on it. Again, the news vehicle, he follows me down the street all the way. until I got back to the main road and I made a right. And then he turned around and came back. So like, I guess I wouldn't like go back. And then I called the station, told them what happened. Um, They're like, no, we don't want you to go. I mean, and that's like, those are the calls you have to make sometimes. Like we don't want you to go back there. God forbid. You know, yeah. we don't know what's going yeah, on. You got to make sure you're safe. So, sure. yeah. So I almost got run over by a car. Um, that was one, <laughs> yeah. one instance. That is a crazy um, moment. But yeah, I mean, but then there's other days where, you know, I did a story. Um, one of my favorite stories I ever told 
Uh, there was this woman I did a story with a few months ago prior to this story. Um, and she was in a bad uh, car. She was riding her bike, uh, car bike accident. Um, and I happened to be friends with her on Facebook because we were friends. Now, I think I had to be friends with her because she was going to share me pictures for the other story. And so we just stayed friends on Facebook. So she, the, the accident happens and she posted on her page. She was, she is, she has cancer or she, I think she still has cancer. And she was riding for this thing she does every year for ALS. And so because she got hit, she was out of commission. She couldn't finish her miles for her ride. Well, her next door neighbor found out and he finished the ride for her and did all the extra miles. So I did a story. We sat down in her living room and we kind of like talked to her as she's sitting there, like, you know, out of commission, you know, she has bumps and bruises and scars and, you know, and kind of like this whole idea of, you know, neighbors helping neighbors. And I got to tell the story of, you know, interview her, interview her neighbor, get him like, you know, doing the practice drives up yeah. and down the street on the bike. <laughs> um, and those are like the great stories. And like at the end of the day, once you see it and those stories, like once you see them air and you watch it live and then you just feel like, wow, I really did yeah. something great today. And I think that's the part of the job that I really love is that you can go back and yes, I only get about a minute and a half, sometimes less of screen time a day. But if I make that happen and it works, then I mean, I feel like I did my job. That you said day. something very beautiful. I had a joke. Ma'am, can you just get on that? Can you see you get on that bike and just see if you can get a little shower here? <laughs> oh, no. It was her, it was her yeah. neighbor on the bike. She no, couldn't I know, ride the bike No, but maybe she was able to get back on. No, her bike was her bike. She actually brought out her, her, she actually brought out her bike. It was literally like the frame was literally like almost in half. <laughs> no, Do you have another bike so we get some uh, B-roll of some shots? No, but that's really awesome. And no, I think that's, awesome. Yeah. that's the whole idea. Like what keeps you going the next day? And what makes you want to continue with that job? So that's gotta be tough though. Like those stories, and like, is there's probably some times where you're like, man, like I, I don't know if I can do this. Like covering this neg negativity, not negativity, but being and seeing these things. But then you see the positivity, right? Like, you well, get to see both sides yeah, of the true. story, and that's but, what's like good about and it. And then there's reporters that go out during like riot. Like yeah, people don't realize that like journalists are like sacrificing sacrificing their lives to be out there to give a story. And uh, we appreciate you, Brendan. Thanks. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I think it's a great show. Um, we could definitely wrap it up there. We did you drink at all? I did. Were you okay? Well, I was solid too. Had a lot of drinks here. I think I he did. was uh, ready to get hammered. Like uh, I mean, that's just part of the show. Yeah, it's life's a party. Life's, life's a, party. a party. But Brandon, we appreciate you being on the show. Um, yeah, oh, where, is it? where can they find you? I oh, mean, yeah. you put some B roll. I mean, not B roll. You put some reels out there on Facebook. Yeah, I mean, I guess Facebook. It's Brendan. If you look up Brendan Straub Seven News, I have a professional page. I don't really use it enough. I'm gonna. I think once I start anchoring, I'm gonna start showcasing some of the stuff that I do behind the scenes. Your and website. Or not a website. I don't have a website, but if you look, if you type my name into Google, my all my stuff pops up. Oh, he's so. a Google guy. You could, <laughs> wow, that's some. <laughs> and he's got his own goddamn weekend show starting with the awesome. new contract. So congratulations on that. We appreciate you having you, Brendan. Thank you guys for having me. That'll do it for us. As always, music. Take us out. Peace. Later. Allergic to what? Being a bitch? Oh, so, okay, that's not called for.